This is Aspiring Altruists, the show where you'll hear the stories of young professionals in the nonprofit sector working to change the world. We'll dive into their backgrounds, hear about the work they do, and ultimately learn how they got to where they are and how you can do the same. With the nonprofit sector comprising one of the largest U.S. workforces by tackling the world's biggest problems across nine major categories, you may just hear something that could change your life, and through it, the lives of countless others. Today's guest is a young woman with a passion for mental health, Madeline Ingram. Madeline is a marketing and communications manager at Rock Recovery, an organization that supports the journey to freedom from disordered eating through individual and community programs. She works in a variety of ways to support those with eating disorders and is currently in grad school on her way to becoming a therapist. Madeline is going to share with us about what it's like working in a direct help kind of role, what led to her shifting from the for-profit to the nonprofit sector so early in her career, and more. With that, let's hear from Madeline. So, Madeline, can you tell the listeners a bit about the role that you're in and the organization you work for? Yeah. Well, first, thanks, Adam, for having me on the podcast. Um, my name is Madeline Ingram. I work for a local nonprofit in D.C. called Rock Recovery. I'm the marketing and communications manager on the team. And Rock Recovery is a mental health nonprofit in Roslyn, Virginia. And we provide low-cost therapy and support services for people who are struggling with eating disorders and body image issues. Um, We also offer community education programs and community awareness events to help decrease stigma around mental illness and eating disorders in general. Um, So that's a little bit of an overview of what we do at Rock Recovery. Yeah, and I know that, uh, like you described there, working for... Uh, that kind of organization that's focused on providing direct help to people and doing some of that support yourself through your role has to be kind of a challenging. Can you get a bit more into talking about yeah your role and then what are your favorite parts of doing that as well as the biggest challenges in working in that type of role as well as for that type of organization? Yeah, of course. Um, So as the marketing and communications manager, I wear a lot of hats. So a lot of what's involved in my role is digital marketing. So managing our social media, our website, public relations. Um, But I also have the opportunity, opportunity to work with our clients directly as well. So when clients or their families reach out to Rock Recovery asking questions or looking for more information on our services, I'm able to connect with them and help kind of steer them in the right direction. Hmm. And then I mentioned we kind of have three buckets at Rock Recovery of the services we provide. The first is eating disorder therapy services. The second is eating disorder support groups, which are specifically faith-based for people who are interested in integrating Christianity into the recovery journey. And then the Mm -hmm. third bucket is community education services. So in my role, I actually get to help manage and lead our faith-based support groups, which is a lot of the client-facing interaction, which I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that kind of goes into the second part of your question as well. My favorite parts of my work is just getting to see the impact that what I do has on our clients. I'm not sure how familiar you are or your listeners are with eating disorders. Um, I don't think I was super aware or I think just had some misconceptions around it myself when I first learned about this role um, and just through this work have become really passionate about 
dispelling some of those myths and kind of bringing more awareness to this issue. But eating disorders are something that affects people of all backgrounds, ethnicities, socioeconomic statuses, ages, religions, everything, um, and genders. And it is such a crippling mental illness that a lot of people struggle with for decades and don't tell anyone or they don't even know that they're sick because it's so culturally kind of praised to um, diet or restrict your food or or exercise or something like that. Right. So working with our clients, um, who a lot of them have been struggling in isolation for decades and getting to see them when they're entering our programs and then getting to see them come out the other side and say, like, I never knew that this freedom was possible. And I definitely Mm -hmm. didn't think that I would get to experience it for myself. And so it's almost like seeing people get a second chance at life which is just really sweet and really life-giving for me. So I would say that's my favorite part. I also am very passionate, as you can probably tell, about mental health in general and just getting to be kind of a listening ear for clients and their families when they're going through a really tough season is really um, encouraging for me personally. In terms of least favorite parts, I would say, I mean, the pros definitely outweigh the cons. I think when you're working for a nonprofit, especially a small one, which is like Rock Recovery is, there's always more that you feel like you can be doing to help or to get the word out because there's so many people that are struggling with eating disorders and just mental health in general. And so I would say that is kind of a weight that is a part of doing this type of work. Not to say that that doesn't make it worth it. It's just something to kind of be aware of. So yeah, I would say those are kind of some of the top highlights that come to mind. Yeah, and I know you were mentioning there your passion for mental health, that you have recently started a master's program in clinical mental health counseling and saw that you your kind of dream is is to become a therapist. And I've I'm in the middle of a master's program myself, so I know the challenges that come with just in addition to work doing master's level classes at the around that. But uh what what led you to that? program and that dream of yours. And if you have any advice to share for those that are also considering pursuing a master's program in whatever it is that they're doing, but also doing so like a few years after having completed their undergrad degree like you are. Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think for me personally, what led me to this work is just I've always had a passion for getting to hear people's stories and sit with them and know how they're really doing. I've had that since I was young and just really loved building relationships with people. And so I actually went to college thinking I would do counseling. Um, So I studied psychology at Stanford University in Alabama. And through that, really had a passion for counseling, but kind of to keep the story short, ended up kind of maybe just talking myself out of it a little bit, kind of understanding the weight of what comes with being a therapist Um, and ended up falling into a few jobs and internships in college that were more marketing focused. And so I ended up pursuing that immediately after school um, and moving to the DC area just to kind of try something new. And I was always kind of of the mind that you know, counseling will be there if I want to go back to school and get my master's, which is what is required to become a therapist. Like I can always do that. Um, But this is the opportunity that's kind of immediately in front of me. And so I'm going to go 
follow that open door. And then ended up transitioning to my current role two and a half years ago with Rock Recovery. And just through getting to work with our clients one-on-one and hear their stories and also just work alongside some really amazing therapists in my role, have just seen more of the day-to-day of that and also having really transformational experiences myself in counseling um, as a client has kind of led me to that a roundabout way. Um, I I wouldn't have expected to be kind of shifting careers um, five years in, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited. I think it's it really aligns with what I am most passionate about and what I feel like is life-giving for me and I could see myself doing for a long, long time. So mm-hmm. very excited to be, I actually just started my master's program a few months ago at right. Colorado Christian um, University, which is in Denver, and I'm in their clinical mental health counseling program. So for people who are considering getting a master's in counseling, I would say it is definitely not for the faint of heart, but it's really, really worth it from my experience so far. I think what was really helpful for me starting out as I started um, thinking about actually pulling the trigger and pursuing this um, as my career was to really sit down with people who were in a program or who had done it previously and just ask them what they recommended. And that was really helpful for me in the discernment process of what program to to choose. And also just knowing yourself and knowing if you want to be in person or online, which is what my program is, um, is helpful right. to I also think a lot of people who are considering counseling might be considering it for the wrong reasons, or maybe mm-hmm. they have an idea of what a counselor does. And like, I think a lot of people go into counseling thinking that they'll be able to fix people or right. just heal all the things in their lives. And that's like actually not what a counselor does. Um, you mm-hmm. just get to sit with people and help them process their stories and make meaning of the things that they've been through and, and heal along the way. But we're not in the business of fixing people and that's not ultimately in our power. And so I would just say that to anyone who's considering counseling, it's really worth it. Um, but also just be aware of what it really looks like um, and, and understand kind of the weight and the sacredness of getting to sit with people um, and, and hear their stories. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, thanks for sharing all of that and the various different insights. And yeah, as you were kind of mentioning there as a part of your story that you have gone from the one role to another and from the for-profit sector now to being, of course, in the nonprofit sector. So can you perhaps provide a little more insight into why you made that switch? And then beyond what you've shared of working in your current role, like what you've seen to be sort of the pros and cons of working for each in regards to for-profit and then non-profit? Yeah, that's a great question. So I touched on it a little bit, but when I graduated from Samford um, back in 2018, the the more immediate opportunities that were available to me were in marketing. And I ended up in a, actually in a public relations agency, which is what brought me to DC. Um, so I worked for a PR agency called Pinkston um, when I first moved up here just as an account coordinator, which is like a pretty entry-level role. And I didn't know a lot about public relations. I just kind of fell into it and 
I learned so much. It was really beneficial, I would say, for me career-wise, um, but also discerned in the two and a half years-ish that I was there. Just that agency life is not for me. <laughs> um, and that public relations, I don't think, is what really excites me or fills me up. And and working in public relations, is, I would compare it to sales um, mm. in a lot of respects, especially in an agency. And so, yeah, just really realized it wasn't while I could su- succeed at it and excel at it, that it maybe wasn't the best for me, for my mental health or the life that I wanted to create outside of work. It just had a lot of long hours um, and really stressful, just kind of last minute things that would come up on weekends or something like that. So ultimately glad I stuck, stuck with it. I think doing a job that you kind of have to grind out things early in your career is, is helpful to just learn and grow as much as possible, but also discerning where you're kind of breaking point is with that like what at what point do you say okay I'm ready to do something else um or this isn't what I feel called to so through that was just talking to people in my life and um ended up actually leaving that agency role without another job lined up which I think is scary for a lot of people it's definitely not what I planned for myself but Um, I'm actually so glad that I did it. I'm so glad that people in my life supported me um, and encouraged me to do that because I don't think that I would have the job that I have now unless I had left and had some time to take a breather and just rest and also get really clear about what I wanted to do. Um, And so in my last role, I worked with a lot of my clients were nonprofits and I knew that I wanted to work for a nonprofit specifically coming out of that to have more of the meaningful connection to the work, like I mentioned. Right. And obviously having a mental health background, that's something that appealed to me. So I ended up finding Rock Recovery just kind of randomly on Indeed and was actually the, I think I was the first applicant for my role. And they said mm-hmm. that they saw my resume and just decided that they knew that they would like to hire me. So I think that's a little plug for anyone who's who's maybe scared about leaving their current role with, without something else lined up. It's just that sometimes it's worth it and it helps you get the next opportunity that you wouldn't have if you're kind of one foot in and one foot out. So yeah, I think I've already touched on a little bit some of the pros and cons of nonprofit world. I would say the for-profit world, they're tends to be a lot more structure in organizations than a nonprofit um, and a lot more resources. And so there's a lot of pros that come with that. There can be more areas for advancement or if money is a big motivator for you, obviously in the for-profit world, that is generally rewarded more. But I would also say like connecting with yourself and your own values and what is important to you um, is is working in the corporate setting. Is that life-giving for you? Is that creating Um, is what you're doing meaningful to you. And for me, just in that role, the skills that I was doing on the day-to-day wasn't really connecting with what I enjoyed doing and also wasn't always the most meaningful for me. And so shifting gears into the nonprofit world has really allowed me to create the life that I want for myself outside of work, you know, like working 40 hours a week and having not having work kind of loom over the rest of my life either. Um, Obviously, there's stressful seasons, but 
Um, also getting to see the impact of my work like directly on our clients is really, right. really cool to see. Um, yeah. So those are kind of my tips for people thinking about for-profit versus nonprofit. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, again, those insights, those tips, definitely. Yeah, it's it's the classic. The money can be the full the pull towards the for-profit area, but then it's once you get beyond the money, kind of what do you what do you really want? Money goes is is a big part of work, of course, and like, but it goes so far. But then then what kind of thing? What are you working yeah. on to get that paycheck? Uh, that actually uh, reminds me. There's um. I had a job or an internship in college. And when I was leaving, the director of the organization sat us down and told us just like his own insight from working for a longer than we had. And the thing he told us that stuck with me was like, if you have the opportunity to choose a role based off money or something that gets you excited, always choose the thing that gets you excited. Um, and he was sharing an example from his own life of he he worked a job where the money was like the motivator. And that was great. But he said once he switched and chose the job that had more meaning for him, the like money naturally followed because he was right. good at it and he enjoyed it. And so he was rewarded twofold versus just choosing the job that maybe is not life-giving but um is right. one. Yeah, the one you're, is one yeah the one you're gonna want to go in more anyway yeah you know, and, and become better at and mm-hmm. and move up naturally well if uh, you've shared a fair amount of things here but one thing that i ask all of my guests is if there were one thing you could share either about life in general or about work or any other area that you want to share with the fellow young adult audience here, what would that one thing be? Mm, I mean, how do you choose? There's so much. (laughs) Yeah, I would say I've been thinking a lot recently about community and how important it is. And I think this goes into work too. You know, as someone who's studying psychology and counseling, there's so much research that's come out even in the past month about the people who live the longest and have the highest life satisfaction in life or the people who have close relationships and just the impact of community and vulnerability on our physical and mental health. And so I would say the thing that I would want to share is just how important community is for people. Um, And that's regardless of your job or life stage. And so if there's any job that you're in or relationship that you're in um, or just life circumstance that you feel like is pulling you away from relationships or community or just making you um, not able to be fully present in in your day-to-day, I would say to think really hard about whether that is what is best suited for you Um, because a lot of times like what we have at the end of the day is the impact that we've made on others. And, and I think community is a big part of that. And they're going to get you through the hard times, whether it's at work or in life, um, having people around you that you can be vulnerable with and share with and laugh and cry with is super, super important. And so I would just say, find those people. And that's not an easy thing. I think living in DC, it's, it's hard to just naturally go out and find community. But I think that's why, like, finding your hobbies or if you're a Christian, finding a church um, in your area, finding um, a Frisbee group or something like that um, to connect with others is really, really important. 
Yeah, definitely. Community is key. And like you were mentioning there, finding your your real community, because as I've learned, one of the things that can be a challenge is you can find a lot of people, but are they people you really connect with or are they just people mm-hmm. that you're hanging around? Um, so what's your what's your real community? Who's who's in your different inner circles versus just people that are more that, you know, or people you interact with regularly through various different reasons? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there's such a, I think in adulthood, we all have to learn that too, of like, we're not in college anymore. We're not constantly surrounded by people (laughs) that are all trying to make friends at the same time. And so there is a, a wisdom and a growth, I think that we all have to kind of feel out for ourselves of determining friendships and community that feel reciprocal and like equal efforts being put in and that you just feel like you can rest and be yourself around. So that's a really good point. Hmm. Well, with that shared, uh, that's just about what I've got for you here today. But uh, how can people best connect with you if they'd like to learn more about your story? Yeah, I love to connect um, and chat with people if they're just interested in learning more about eating disorders or mental health or counseling or whatever. Um, So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name is just Madeline Ingram. Or if you're interested in learning more about Rock Recovery or our services, um, our website is www.rockrecoveryed, as in eating disorder.org. Or you can email me at madeline at rockrecoveryed.org. So thanks so much for having me on, Adam. And it's been great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's show. Hopefully you learned something new about the work happening in the nonprofit sector and were inspired to get involved. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening from. If you want to learn more about today's guest, how you can contact them and explore the organization they work for, check out the show notes. That'll do it for this episode. Come back next time to hear from